Hey. How's it going, Cube? It's still all right. So, this is a quote from uh, Vapor95.com, the philosophy of Vaporwave. Oh, no. You know the one, right? So, anyone who's wondering about Vaporwave, what it is, uh, and, and kind of... Uh, try tr- trying to grasp kind of why it's different and why it has that weird vibe about it. I think these two paragraphs beautifully summarize it. So, let's do this. To many people, Vaporwave is simply dope electronic music that takes lounge, elevator, and smooth jazz beats from the 1980s and warps their sound into a psychedelic musical exploration of hyper-reality that can sometimes be described as hypnagogic and, funnily enough, sounds awesome. There's also the other end of Vaporwave, its deeply insightful focus on satire and anti-consumerism, general sarcasm and somewhat cynical view about the nature of mankind and society, a unique expression of social commentary through the use of the aforementioned sometimes creepy but often awesome resynthesized beats as a commentary on society and human nature. Maybe let's listen to the first track and then we can dive into a bit of a conversation about uh, some of your music. Well, 
so that's Occupational Hazards by Cube Underlord. Do you know what? Um, the fact when I heard that song, I was like, I we, I'm in, I live in Manchester. That is one of the most Manchester sounding tunes I've heard in a long time. It's got like the Smiths vibe in it. It's got loads of stuff in there that I recognise from the Manchester scene. So thanks for picking that out. What, how come? Uh, how can we decide to go go for that as one of your track choices? Oh man, I agonised. <laughs> I really did. I. <laughs> I went through every album I've ever released. I, I tried to, because the, I think I mentioned this before, like right when you told me what the concept of a podcast was. I don't really have very many, like, individual track albums. You know, like that's sort of like, that's something I was wanting to bring up was, part of what drew me to vaporwave in the first place, and I think is, uh, so powerful about it. Is that every album is a concept album? Yeah, it's sort of uh, implied that if you're going to make a vaporwave album, you're going to be making an album that is one experience from start to finish. It's not just like a bunch of little songs that you put together. It's going to be this whole journey that you've come like you've you've come up with this this tone, this atmosphere of it. You're trying to depict with audio. I love that about the genre. And sadly, because that's my approach, I have a lot of albums that are just fucking 30-minute long audio files. <laughs> I can't really send that to you. You, you. you absolutely can. And, you know, I had a look across your band camp, <clears throat> and to your point, you know, from what I counted, it was a quick count, there seems to be 69 releases, so there's a hell of a lot of music in there. And one of the things that I was actually going to bring up was the thematic approach to the music that you produce. So, for example, there's a lot of the theme of television and the fact that television is evil springing up in a lot of the music. Um, you've got, uh, you know, telly, horror. I mean, the list goes on, basically. So there's a, there's a definite theme. Um, I love that, that image of the sort of a TV as a companion instead of an object. I'm really fascinated by that. That um, that quote from Vapor ninety five um, when they were talking about you know there's a there's a sarcasm there and a cynical attitude and stuff. I was listening to like After Party and it feels like an eighties sort of coke binge. It feels a little bit uh, a little bit twisted. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned After Party. That was sort of my attempt of making a normal sounding album because I'd been releasing all this experimental avant garde garbage. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to lure people back in. <laughs> I was worried about losing followers. Well, I doubt you'll lose followers, but um, where are you? How did you get involved in Vaporwave? Um, where are you now? What are you currently doing musically? Um, well, I first got into Vaporwave. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know the album Echo Jams by now. I'm glad I started with that, because that's where a lot of people started back in like 2011 when the genre was first picking up pace. It was... Echo Jams, this this great foreign new idea of just complete pop music abstraction. I uh, found that album. It, I mean, it's kind of silly to say, but it blew my mind. And I needed I needed to hear more stuff like this. I needed to find out what other people had the same vision. And I just I started just one day. I I took this this crappy old record. This uh, some crappy 80s uh, dance record that I found out for like $2 and I slowed it down 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was the start. Because you know, once you start, you can't stop. Let, let me ask you a question around that Echo Jams thing. So much of this um, style, including the, the the influences of the style, it's so much of it is around a very specific feeling um, that it invokes, at least in me. And from what I can tell from diving into the community, it's a similar thing. Well, like, what is that? You, you said it yourself, right? You say, you said you heard this thing and it was like, what is that feeling when you hear this sort of style? Like, what is it? Well, it's, I mean, it's really sort of a defying expectations. That's the root of it. I think like, Especially if you know the sample, that's like, it's a complete reversal of like what you've come to expect from music up to this point. It's sort of a cliche thing to say at this point, but that's the thing that like really catches your eye with Vaporwave. And also a lot of like, you know, like James Farrow, Ariel Pink sort of stuff is that that sort of that 80s that didn't exist. There's a real power to that that creation of a, a timeline, this this like this twisted sort of uh, perspective on the the history of pop culture. Vaporwave just re- it really shocks your senses. Yeah, you've said two things to me that I think are really interesting. Um, uh, the, the 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 first thing that you've said to me there is this idea of the 80s that didn't exist i i think you've hit the nail on the head there right it's 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 the 80s of um television sh- you know sitcoms that were on tv it wasn't it's not real yeah, yeah. and it, and i think you're bang on and it's and this idea of playing with timelines and recreating this sort of past or or kind of fictional reality that never existed um that's an interesting thing um yeah, yeah. Like you said, that's why I'm I'm so fascinated with TV, and why I, I keep returning to it as a an idea for an album. Like my chief inspiration is that so that the way that TV misrepresented the world, like not just in TV shows, but in like the news and yeah. Probably like about time for a, a, a your next track, you. If that's okay. Yeah, sure. Cool. And then after that, I'm going to dive in and ask you some questions about some uh, some of your um, um, your cubatown.neocities.org because <laughs> I've got oh, to man. ask you some questions about that.
It ended abruptly, and it did end abruptly, but it was still thoroughly enjoyable. Um, that was off Top Studio Hits. Uh, before we move on, what decided to make you pick um, those tracks? It's one of my favorite albums that I've released. I mean, for one, it's the album that I by far put the most effort into. Like, I, I worked out all of these, like, this mastering effect chain stuff to be as, as perfect as I wanted it to be, and I... Uh, all the, I beat mapped everything, so it's all the same tempo throughout. I mean, that was a, so much work. Like, I've never tried that ever again after that. You just talked a bit about production. One thing that we haven't spoken to you about is how you go around um, composing and then kind of producing the tracks. Are you able to give us some insight into that? I mean, every album is different. I mean, usually it starts with I have this idea for an album and then I try to... Yeah, you because know, everything is is sample based. I come up with a concept for the album, or it's like some some vision that I have that I want to translate to an audio format, and 
in the case of Top Studio Hits, it was, I wanted to have an album that, I mean, it's pretty obvious from, like, the track titles and the, the album cover and everything. I wanted it to be, like, a Greatest Hits collection, but, like, sort of like, like a, it's like nightclub scene at the same time. Like, a combination of those two ideas was what prompted the creation of the album, and I, I was trying to find specifically, there's this sort of sound in funk music from this time period that's that's sort of palm-muted picking on the guitar, you know what I'm talking about? You can't really hear it too well on the two tracks I picked, but that was sort of my guiding uh, principle on the album, was trying to find samples that had that picking style, because it's so evocative of the time period. Like, you don't hear that today. You don't hear it in the 70s. That <laughs> It's great. That, like, metallic slap bass sound that runs through a lot of those tunes as well. You know, the act- that kind of... It's almost... Um, I, can't, I can almost not work out if it's um, synthesized or real. You know, the slap bass <laughs> sound. Like, but so, yeah, I can hear that running through those tracks big time. Like <laughs> yeah, it really has that dark nightclub sound to it. Yeah. I want to go back to your music for a second. You've got an album in here somewhere where all the track titles are in Chinese. And, and I, I did something, right? I, uh, I translated these titles and into <laughs> English. And I was like, these, these are really beautiful tra- track names. Like the, <laughs> the last track name is called like, isn't it called something like Ascending Into Heaven or something? And it's just like... Yeah, it is. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't know. I, like, explain to me why you would kind of obfuscate the beautiful track titles of English into Chinese. Is it just, well, like, what's the reasoning? Because they're beautiful. The track titles I was reading, they're like, it's like poetry. You know why it's like poetry? Go on, why? Because it is poetry. I didn't want to come off like an adult an American adult and just use Google Translate to get Chinese track titles. I actually went through and looked at, like, Chinese painting names and, you know, like, product listings and poetry, and I just, I picked out these phrases that I I thought were really evocative. But you mentioned the album being sort of like a story. I think that is one of my most depressing albums. Like, it's so... I mean, tabloid TV is just plain sludgy and dark, but that Mercy album, there's just something really depressing about it. And I, I chose the name Ascending to Heaven because I wanted to, in that, the context of like that song, which is so like, it's a pretty sad song. It's a, the sample. I, I wanted it to be sort of like, it's Ascending to Heaven, is, it's not being presented as like a, a good thing. Yeah, I just I just like the idea of heaven as a, a bittersweet thing instead of a paradise. So let's talk a bit about um, Cuba Town because <laughs> I've got some stuff to say about Cuba Town. You know what it reminds me of, and this is not a bad thing. The the like in the uh, late nineties, uh, yeah, late nineties, maybe early two thousands, Radiohead had this like their web page was insane. It was similar to this insane, right? Um, oh, I believe it. Uh, Radiohead is exactly the sort of band to embrace that that scene of the internet. Yeah, I mean, so you so you click through and you get presented with loads of. I would describe it as you know small pieces of basically art, right? You've got these like small pieces of art, 
So you, you click through, you've got these beautiful pieces of art. So now, this is all fantastic, and I, and I love all this. However, what we must really talk about is the Garfield calendar. <laughs> talk to me about the Garfield calendar, and then I'm going to tell you what I've discovered in the Garfield calendar. So the problem with this website, because I made this when I was in, like, 10th grade, I think, and I wanted to expand it. Like, my idea was that this would be, like, a huge maze of web pages, and I never had the time or the creativity to make that reality. I'm pretty bummed about that. <laughs> but, like, the whole thing is just, like, my sort of uh, surreal, I guess, I don't know, that's not the word I'm looking for. That's sort of, I guess it's sort of like a pop art thing, just interpretations of different pieces of media. I mean, like, you got Garfield, you got the cola industry. Um, there's some, like... 1920s cookbook in there at some point <laughs> you know, it's just it's just like this it's really it's just a, an internet collage superbad.com was my main inspiration i get that now i need to ask you some questions um about this website so because because like when i said i you know like when i said i was diving into what you've been up to i mean i really dived in i mean i was exploring the source code for these websites right so here we go <laughs> so i'm gonna ask you a few questions and um if you can still remember, maybe you can give us, you can illuminate a little bit, right? So I should, I should clarify that this is an incomplete project still. <laughs> like there's a lot that's missing, and I haven't, I haven't gone back and filled in some of the holes yet. I, I saw that there's a couple of, there's like a couple of months missing, I think. So here goes. Yeah. Welcome aboard the Roy Enterprise. Your cubicle is over there. That made me chuckle. I like that one. Your cubicle is over there. You, do you remember that one? Do you remember putting that one in in the source code in the comments? <laughs> I do. This is another one of yours. It was, in, it was in the source code. The hero with a thousand faces. Who's the hero, man? <laughs> I was probably thinking of a, like a, like sort of like a the universal movie protagonist. Oh, nice. Okay, here we go. January. Oh, so am I. John partied too hard last night. Now all the pillows have faces on them. <laughs> That's sort of, that's just a my sort of mock Garfield strip. <laughs> Why do all the pillows have faces on them? Is it from the is just, it from the tears? Is it from the makeup? What's it from? Because John's a loser. He oh. draws faces on pillows. It did. I didn't know that. Does he? Yeah, I'm sure there's like at least one strip where he's he's drawing a face on a pillow. Oh man, I did not know this. This is this is illuminating to me. Okay, here we go. Now, now, now we're going to get political. Ready? Okay. This this one uh, this one baffled me. I try to understand it. Okay. Pause Inc. apologizes for the controversial statement released in a calendar last week about France. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Pause Inc. is the <laughs> Pause Inc. is the company that owns Garfield. It's Jim Davis's little. Vanity company where he he releases mugs and uh, plates with Garfield on them. I thought it would just be. It's just funny to me that he would have a gar a calendar, a Garfield calendar that would <laughs> cause controversy in a, a, a European country. My final question on your um, on the Cuba Town thing, right? So if you when you go through all the maze of all the the calendar and stuff. Um, you end uh, like there's this end point which keeps popping up 
which is this thing. I'm not going to read it all, but it's like uh, the la- one of the the bits on it was like, I find nothing is quite so refreshing as sleeping on board a ship. It must be the sea air. And there's a whole poem around it. Like, where's that from? I stole that. Who's it I stole from? it from a book. Man, and, there are so, there's so many pages that you haven't seen yet. Yeah, but like uh, I went through a lot of the paths that I went through on your website, they lead to this they lead to this poem, right? Was it by accident? Because it's, it's, it feels <laughs> profound. You know, it's this... It probably act- was on accident. You, you must have liked it. Why is it there? What, what I did was I searched Google for nothing is quite so refreshing as... And then I just... I took all these quotes that I found from doing that. I remember this. Yeah, nothing is quite so refreshing as immersing oneself in the clear tropical waters of the Caribbean. Because it's just all these, like... It's just this random phrase that all these like advertising companies have latched onto. I thought it would be cool. I don't know. Hey, it's very cool. <laughs> I've, never, it, I've never had to explain any of these before. So I highly recommend checking out Cuba Town. I spent like probably, I'm going to say, I, I'm going to tell you half an hour, but it was probably like an hour. This is another question I've got for you that pops up a lot, right? It popped up on Cuba Town. And it also pops up in your music a bit. This um, this idea of France or French. I think there's this perception that people have as a this romantic culture. I think that's interesting because I mean that's what a lot of my my inspiration comes from is how like people perceive things in pop culture and how we uh, how we generalize things and how media just summarizes things for people. Like Paris and French, you you get this like this beautiful romantic world where it's like a, a make believe town, you know. I think that sort of thing is it, I'm just naturally drawn to it. Um, it might be nice just to talk about you know what's coming up for you. Have you got any new projects on the horizon? What's up in the future? All that kind of stuff. I've been actually this has been pretty disappointing year for me so far. Oh, man. Like 2021, I was that was really on a roll. But you know what happened? I got a fucking job. Like up until this point, I haven't had a job. I've just been sitting at home. I've had music to make all day because you know co- coronavirus has been putting off. You know, becoming an adult for a while, <laughs> and now I have a job and I can't do anything. What's like, your I job? Home, do, like, what's your job? Oh, it's just McDonald's. Surely there's a huge amount of um, material to be to be extracted from working in McDonald's, right? You'd think, but really, I'm just, I come home, I'm tired, I can't do anything. And on my days off, I sleep all day. You've got to get smarter with the use of time. You, you can't stop, I'm saying this because you can't stop, Cube. Don't stop I now. I don't want to. Uh, it's time to play the kind of last, the last track, really, and that is watching classic GIFs at Cineform 3D. Can you just tell me why you picked this tune? Because this isn't one of your tunes. No, it's not one of my tunes. I've I picked this. This is another thing I agonized over. <laughs> if you can believe it, I mean, imagine that agonizing over <laughs> something as silly as this. But I, I wanted to try to like, I wanted to pick something that would accurately, like get across like what I like my main vision inspiration is without 
um, just picking something obvious. I mean, you want something obscure to play. So I uh, I picked this this guy. This uh, this guy's name is Africa. I guess it's Africa. I don't know. Africa Pseudobrutismus. And he's sort of like this... Like in the, the early 2010s, he did all these crazy synthesizer... Like all these like... It's really fucked up sounding stuff, really. With synthesizers and uh, samples. And I love it. I go crazy for it. Like his his vision of the world is really beautiful to me. Like this this release in particular, this album is called it's twenty thousand thirteen. It was released in two thousand thirteen. Which is just that's clever as yeah. fuck. I love that. <laughs> I saw that as well. It's good, it's good, it's good. <laughs> but yeah, this whole album is like this really amazing like he he uh he goes for this sort of picture of it no one else I've seen I've never seen anyone else do before which is like this this cheap 90s Disney VHS tape sort of feel like real childhood memory stuff you know like uh like Fantasia on VHS it's great it's it really captures this whole like this like childhood Disney world the sound of the album and it's like really fucked up and surreal i i can't get enough of this album i can't recommend it to enough people if you haven't heard this album you need to i'm trying to get more people to listen to it i don't know if this is working <laughs> hey i mean not only is it working but people are about to listen to it so it's true they are <laughs> so you've done a good job uh all you can do is spread the word and all i can do is speak to you and play play music so thank you very much cube for joining the podcast and we will play your last tune thank you for having me <laughs>